the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Boy, do we have a show for you today. I, uh... Many, many of you have been familiar with different, uh, you know, blockbuster movies. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Harrison Ford was one of the biggest blockbusters of all times. We've got something better for you today. We've got the guy who actually is actually literally uh, ground level d- discovering things that are just below the ground. And uh, he's a friend of mine, uh, director uh, of the uh, Copper Scroll Project. And uh, he, he's a guy that not only loves Scripture, but he loves the Holy Land as well. And his name is Jim Barfield. I'm not going to doodle around too much. I'm going to go right in with Jim because he has a lot of things to share with us for the entire two hours of Come Together San Diego. Jim Barfield. Hello, Jim. Well, hello, Kaz. How are you guys today? <laughs> Fine. I can't tell you how excited I've been to have you on the air with us and to give an update, you were on the air with us a while back, but I want you to kind of go through a little bit uh, of the, you know, the broad brushstroke and, and a little bit about, you know, your heart for things like that. And then we're going to kind of dig in to what's going on, because uh, my friend, if you haven't, if you haven't looked at uh, the news in the Middle East recently, things are bubbling over there. And uh, Netanyahu has some decisions to make quickly. <laughs> so, Jim, give us kind of the overview, and then let's kind of dive into the the meaty stuff. Okay, Jim? Yeah, you bet. Uh, the, the, the big overview is uh, I was a uh, avid Bible studier. I just loved Bible study, and I had a job that uh, made it possible for me to study uh, for as long as I wanted to at nights whenever I was on duty. I was a firefighter. And it really made it possible for me to get in some amazing Bible study. But the Bible study led to the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls led to the Copper <laughs> Scrolls. And it just exploded from there. Um, I I had met a gentleman by the name of Bendel Jones in 2006. And Bendel really got me interested in the uh, Copper Scroll. I had really no interest in it. Uh, when I first read it, because it was very boring, it was very dry, and no one could figure out where this stuff was at. It was just a treasure map, verbal treasure map. Now these and were really, these were in the same caves that the uh, the, the and of Qumran that the Book of Isaiah and, and other books were found. Is this correct? And it was it was it looked different from the other scrolls, and uh, it obviously had a different purpose. So isn't isn't that correct? Yeah, it, it was literally made out of copper. And it was hammered metal that had been flattened out into three different sheets, riveted together, 
making a sheet about one foot wide and about seven and a half feet long. My. It was, and it was, they tapped, pressed and tapped the letters in it. Uh, actually, the, the writers had to do it backwards, and there were five writers, five men that wrote the Copper Scroll, and they had to write everything backwards. You can see where they made mistakes. They see, you can see where they tried to erase by, you know, tapping the metal back flat again and trying to get the correct spelling in there or the correct letters in there. And it must have been a tough job because, in my strong opinion, it was they were doing this after a battle that took place at Qumran. Oh my! The so there was, was a level of urgency yeah. there to get it down and get it get it buried, so yeah. uh, others could find it uh, in uh, decades, centuries, millennia in the future. Yeah, yeah, and they, they knew that it was going to be buried. That the, the treasures were going to be buried at least seventy years, my. because a lot of the scholars will tell you this was during the time of Herod's temple. No, guys, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I promise you it was during the time of the Babylonian uh, invasion that they hid these things. They hid them under great stress. I mean, it, if, if in fact I'm correct, and they, they had Babylonians attacked Qumran, and they wanted, uh, they they really just wanted to capture the place and, and defeat it. They had no idea that Qumran had the incredible value that it had meaning it was a it was literally a, a treasury for the temple the temple treasures there was a there's a building that's still there that is shaped like a, a truncated pyramid a period a pyramid with the head cut off of it the top cut off of it and the walls are probably i would say 12 feet thick they're just 12 feet thick? thick yeah they're thick walls uh, and they were designed to house this treasure. The, the, the rooms, you can go on top of it and look down in it. They have got a platform up there now, and you can look into it. And the, the rooms are just of no value other than storing stuff. But they were big, uh, big rooms, or and they were deep. I don't know how far they went into the ground because it's, it's filled up with some dirt by now. So no, is this uh, is this just north of the the Dead Sea, the Qumran Valley? Is this where you're seeing uh, these buildings? Is that where you're finding them? No, there's just one building. The Qumran Qumran is a little little community. I see. Uh, it's it's about the size of you know half the size of a, a football field, and you know make it easier for everybody. It's kind of that's a close guess, but this one room is uh, about it's forty cubits wide and forty cubits long. The the, the building which means it's about 60 feet by 60 feet. And uh, they, you take away the thickness of the room now, the, the walls, it, it, those rooms inside of it are much smaller, sure. but they're deep, and they're, they're, uh, they were designed to hold treasure, ingots, 75-pound so, ingots. So that's, that is, there's a, was a massive amount of treasure in there at one time. So let me, help me understand, I, because obviously you're familiar with the topic, and our listening friends, this is new to them. So there, there's areas right now that actually tourists can go and actually see some of, of these structures, but they don't know uh, about the stuff that was really uh, hidden there. Is that right? Uh, it, right Now, this is just north of the, the Dead Sea area, a little, uh, a little football field area. That this is, and this is what they would call the Qumran Valley. Is that part of the Jordan Valley? If people have geography in mind, they can get an idea of what that would look like. Yeah, if, if, 
if you were to look at the Dead Sea, a map of the Dead Sea, and look at the top left-hand side of the Dead Sea, which would be the west side of uh, the Jordan River and the Dead Sea, um, yeah, that's where Qumran is at. It's a, Qumran is just a little community that was built during the time of uh, Samuel. So well, that community has been there for a long time, and it's it's e- relatively easy to find. And if you've ever been there, I promise you there's people in the uh, your audience that have been to Qumran. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they they walk through the complex. And if you don't know the ba- backstory for Qumran, it's just a boring little walk for a bunch of but oh once you realize what was actually there, because Qumran was, listen, it was the home of the prophets of Israel. My. And the, the way, uh, whenever, you, whenever I started deciphering, actually not deciphering, understanding the, uh, the Hebrew uh, meaning behind the uh, text on the scroll, and I figured out how to understand the scroll, it just began to, it laid itself out very easily. I mean, it it took me it took me about five minutes to figure out how to understand, and it took me another twenty minutes to figure out the first five. Oh my! It, it was that easy. Well, but Pete, yeah, you, once you know the clue, yeah, once you yeah, you know the uh, clues, and you're you know you were a, a, a fire investigator, and, and you know so many other skill sets you have a, a Bible student as well to be able to put these together. But other people didn't have the skill sets, so. It may have been easy for you, but you carried some skill sets that other people just didn't have. I want to spend some more, just a little bit more time before we really dig in in the next segment uh, about the, the favor you found uh, with the, the leaders of Israel, the uh, Israel Antiquities people, the Knesset, certain Knesset influences helped you do this. I want you to kind of paint that picture in the next segment, and then we're going to dig into what these things mean. Is that fair, Jim? Yeah, that, that'd be fine. You just direct me the way you want to go, and uh, we will cover it. I, I, have you practiced the song and the dance I've asked you about? Yes, I did, and <laughs> uh, I'm very good at it now. So do you, should, are you recommending at the end of the show you do the song so that people will naturally leave? Is that, oh, is that what you're telling me? They will They will run. They won't <laughs> leave. They will run when I start singing. I'm <laughs> not a singer. Oh, Oh, I, I like your singing now. I like the tune you're singing right now. My friends, Jim Barfield, the Copper Scroll Project director, and I, we're going to uh, deal, we're going to excavate some more, and you're going to find out a little bit about the favor that he has in Israel and everything that has come together to this point right now, where discoveries are just about ready to be in, unearthed, and Jim Barfield knows where they are and what they mean. Jim Barfield and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And I am back, my friends, with co-host Jim Barfield. He is the director of the Copper Scroll Project, and there's a book by that same name that is out and about, uh, that you can find out more about this. I mean, it's a very engaging book about the discoveries that are being unearthed in and around Israel. And uh, Jim, uh, before we just jump in here, would you give us a website so people can find out more uh, or a way that they can find out more about the uh, Copper Scroll Scroll Project book uh, written by our mutual friend Shelley Neese? 
Jim Barfield? Yeah, the uh, the Copper Scroll Project, Just you can use your search in and put in the Copper Scroll Project, and you'll be able to find it pretty easily. There, you'll, it'll pull up uh, the website for the book, the Copper Scroll Project book, and for the Copper Scroll Project. Yes. Uh, and and I want to let people know that our ministry is not a ministry like any other. <laughs> we we can't go in there and we can't share the information that we find. Uh, most ministries, they find something exciting. Well, they can put it on the web and, and make books and movies and whatever they want. I can't do that because there's a certain amount of protection that has to be that has to stay in place and, and you got to use your head whenever you're dealing with this stuff because it's not you know a, a scripture line that uh, you know that just has a lot of meaning it, this is actual artifacts yes from the temple and the tabernacle of Moses so we have to be fairly smart about how we do this and it's difficult because we're not only dealing with um, two different nations, Israel and the United States. We're dealing with uh, the Jordanian um, Egyptians, or and I'm not actually dealing with them, but I'm I'm having to take them into consideration whenever I I talk about and make announcements of, sure. of what's going on. Yes, so now, I have to be careful about well, that. Absolutely, and I honor and appreciate that. And if I if it sounds like I'm trying to eke secret information out of you, you can reach across the airwaves and slap my wrist. <laughs> no, no. Uh, let, let's uh-huh. let's uh, dig a little bit more deeply here, and I mean that with even no pun intended. But you have received favor uh, from Israel leadership, the antiquities people, and people in the Knesset. They not only know who you are, but they've when you explain to them uh, what you discovered from studying Scripture and the landscape. They first uh, dealt with you kind of, oh, here comes another crazy person. But when you were able to communicate literally from Scripture and also from the geography and uh, the things that you you discovered, they paid close attention. So just spend just a little bit of time about that relationship. And uh, then I want, I, could, I want to really dig in here because these discoveries in these last days, these things actually being unearthed, will change the way Israel is observed, sometimes in very favorable ways, but in other ways, when an enemy realizes the things you've been saying for millennia are true, you know, the little target is painted on you as well. So give kind of an overview here of the favor that you received in in making these discoveries and bringing them to fore, and then we'll kind of dig into the, the current events and and past events as they merge together. Jim Barfield. Yeah, it, let me let me start off with the very first one, the first miraculous almost uh, meeting that I had. I, I was online doing a uh, Bible study with a um, Israel National Radio, I believe, who so it was, and uh, Tamar Yona uh, was uh, one of the speakers on there. But there was a lady running a a class through that um, through that radio program out of Bethel, Israel. And I got to talking with her offline, uh, and she asked me what my name was, why I had it written Jim Apache, Oklahoma. And I and I said, well, I, I'm from Apache. Well, now, now think about this. She was, in, I thought, in Israel. She wasn't. <laughs> and long story short, she was, she was actually uh, three miles over, two and a half miles away from me. 
No way. The entire world, and she's a few miles away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and she she kept wondering because we we keep the Shabbat. We do Saturday Shabbat, and and we would blow the shofar on Friday evenings. Uh, or, yes, Friday evenings, and and she kept hearing shofars for a couple of years, and she wondered who in the world is it. And it was it was my son and my uh, son-in-law. In her neighborhood. They lived about a block away from So, So you're saying this lady uh, who has all this information and knowledge and influence, she actually lives only a few miles or blocks away, and the, and your Shabbat shofar blasts were actually literally being heard by her? It was actually yes. you, you guys? <laughs> yes. And it was it was my son and my son-in-law that was making the shofar blasts. And she, um, we began to go to have lunch with my wife and I go to have lunch with her on Saturdays and we would study together. Well, she knew this guy, Bindle Jones. Bindle Jones uh, considered himself the, the real Indiana Jones. Oh, bless his heart, I, I, he was a, quite the character. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to him. He then told me more about the Copper Scroll. He got me interested in the Copper Scroll, and about six months later, I, I made the discovery. It was in December of uh, 2006 when I made the discovery. I, I then was, was working with the... Uh, uh, the college, a small a Native American college, Comanche Nation College in Lawton, Oklahoma, they they had asked me to teach investigative report writing, which is what I was doing. And they asked me to speak at one of their brown bag luncheons in the, in the uh, auditorium. I spoke about the project. The uh, director of the, uh, of the college asked me to come to her room. She then introduced me to, and long story, but she introduced me to Shuka Dorfman, the ant- head of the Antiquities Authority of Israel. <laughs> now, we introduced you. Was it a phone call? No, no. Uh, she made a phone. She made a phone call to them, and she she talked to his wife, who she knew well. She said, uh, "She said, could you set up an appointment for a friend of mine with with Shuka? That was is what they called him, Shuka Dorfman." And she said, "Yeah, I I think I can do that." They did. <laughs> he came and picked me up at my ragtag hotel that my friend and I were in. Uh, it was on Joppa, just at the south end, the bottom of Joppa, Joppa Street. In he Israel, yes. Up. Yeah, in Israel. Took us to uh, the Citadel Hotel where his son was a assistant manager. And I disclosed, I started making a disclosure to him about um, the, the discovery that I made. Well, he was just, uh, he he was... Put it back. I got to tell you, no question. And you could you could see it in his face. He was a little frustrated, but he was a gentleman, and he said, "Well, Mister Barfield, let's see what you got." So I began to show him, and I'm not kidding you. I showed him the first one. He leaned forward. I showed him the second one. He pulled the book to him, and within by the time I got to the fourth one, he fourth, stopped me. At the, fourth the fourth location location of multiple locations. Yep. Yes. Yeah, there were 57 locations. I could have shown him a lot more, but he stopped me there. And we set up a meeting right then. We set up a meeting with the uh, the head of the antiquities of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. His name was Yitzhak Mulligan, and the lead archaeologist was a wonderful man by the name of Yuval Peleg. And long story short, Yuval uh, agreed to be the lead, uh, lead archaeologist on it. And we did an excavation in Israel based on my research, 
uh, in April of 2009. Yes, and the discovery, and you being delicate, you, you know, we understand the sensitivity of this, but the discovery, it, it definitely showed that there were amazing things not too deeply under the ground. We've got a couple minutes left in this segment, so I want to set the stage for, for the remainder of the show up until 7 o'clock, talking specifically about this, but also the present-day ramifications tied to it. So continue your story for a couple minutes, and then we'll get into the next segment after the commercial break, Jim. Yeah, the um, after we did the excavation, uh, as a matter of fact, in the middle of the excavation, um, we got stopped. Uh, the uh, someone from the United States found out that we were doing that. They were doing the excavation based on my research, and they were not happy. Mm. And so they called the antiquities people, and, and and from what I understand, they threatened to sue them if they didn't stop digging based on my research. Now, guys, what we were out in the middle of nowhere, yes. out in the desert, and they were furious because some. Uh, what they considered uneducated firemen from Lawton, Oklahoma, <laughs> was allowed to dig at the most precious site at, in Israel, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, where they where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And it, but the thing about it was, I wasn't digging. I never touched a shovel. Neither did any of my crew. Never touched a shovel. We just videotaped. And he had um, trained diggers, and I don't know what else to call them, excavators, that were doing handling everything, and he was he was the lead archaeologist, and that was his job. So it went it went incredibly well uh, until they until they stopped us, and we were like on the first day digging at the, where I believe the cave. There's a really important cave, the most precious site identified on the Copper Scroll. We were digging at that point. Whenever they stopped us, and we we did a couple more locations, but we only went like one place. We went about two feet deep. Another place we went about less than twelve inches deep. It was ridiculous. Oh my my! And I could, yeah, I could tell the archaeologist was not happy about it. But there we were. Yes, but uh, a lot of that was politically driven, and other people didn't want you to discover what there was a danger of discovering because it has political ramifications, historical ramifications, and so much more. Uh, we're going to talk about those things and uh, much more in, in the remainder of the show, Jim Barfield. And I have one or two questions. You remember um, Ray Bentley of Maranatha uh, here in San Diego. He interviewed you on his uh, television show recently, too, and he texted me and said, ask him this, so I have a Ray Bentley question for you in, <laughs> in the segments upcoming as well. So uh, are you game for... Uh, unleashing some of the revelations you have and also giving some context in how this applies to us today. I mean, it significantly does. Jim Barfield? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, my friends, now that Jim and I have set the stage for remarkable things between now and the close of the show, do not go away because Jim and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego with my special co-host and guest, Jim Barfield. He's the director of the Copper Scroll Project. And the Copper Scrolls, uh, it's their amazing discovery. And within them is what we would say is a treasure map. But people couldn't understand how to decipher the treasure map. Well, Jim, being a lover of scripture and a lover of uh, uh, research, uh, it dug into scripture and he discovered that if you had the right codes and keys, you could uh, uh, decipher things. And his discoveries, when put face-to-face miraculously, it was a God thing, no doubt, Jim, put face-to-face with people of influence in the antiquities and the Knesset and other areas like that, all of a sudden he got attention. And uh, Jim... Uh, I, I want to cut to the chase here really uh, about this. One of the things I wanted to bring up for our listening friends is you are a believer and you don't uh, claim, I can tell you, Jim is a very humble guy. I've known him for a, a few seasons and he is a very humble guy, not braggadocious at all. And he's just a real, he's a, he's an everyday beloved guy. And, uh, and he loves the Lord and loves scripture. And he was able to dig in and unearth uh, biblical truths from within the Bible and topography maps and things like that that were invaluable. My listening friend, what is God going to have you discover and uncover as you dig through Scripture? It's probably not going to be antiquities kind of things. It's going to be revelation and things like that of the Scripture. But he's saying to you, just like Jim, dig in and find out what you can discover by reading my word and hearing my spirit. Any thoughts on that before we dig deeper into this, Jim? Yeah, they, there's a lot more to be revealed uh, than just treasure. Yes, uh, I can care less about the gold and silver. It's this is there's going to be there's going to be uh, more scrolls. There's going to be more writings, and in fact, um, the Betsy scrolls are going to be a, a huge revelation to the people in the coming days. If in fact I'm correct, and and we open up that one particular cave I keep talking about, and all the items that are that are that appear to be in there, uh, they're going to be. It's going to be a biblical discovery, archaeological discovery, like never before. And I promise you, it will dwarf the uh, the Egyptian discoveries, especially for uh, Christians and Jews alike. My my, they are going to be there. There's going to be some discoveries in there that will just rock the world. And uh, this, we are at, at an incredible time in history. Mm-hmm. We are we are seeing revelations being played out before us as, as we talk. I, I'm I'm telling you guys, it's it's here. It's the here. The time has come that we need to be, you, you get on your knees because in in the biblical world in the the teshuva it's a time of repentance is about 11 days away on the, on the Qumran calendar, um, and you repent for 40 days before the Day of Atonement. You repent, and, re- and that's what John the Baptist was doing, is he was telling the people, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And that's what we all need to be doing right now is uh, because of what the turmoil that's going on in our country and around the world. Repentance is huge, and we need to take that very serious. And and the things that are coming out of Qumran that could potentially come out are going to be game changers. They are going to be game changers, and there's a lot of enemies 
that deny every word of Scripture, that deny the uh, existence of Jesus, or at least deny his his uh, his calling to save people from their sin. They, they they deny all this, and you know, our, our friends the he the Hebrews they have obviously difficulty with that component, but we share a lot in common when it comes to the Tanakh and you know the Hebrew scriptures and and the the feasts and festivals and the celebrations and the and the different artifacts. We share a lot the Christians and the Jews about that, but the there's other people surrounding that. Uh, this would be an offense to them, and they're trying to keep these things undiscovered, undisclosed, because it's going to shed a true light on things that they have been denying, not only for years and decades and centuries, but for millennia. So you're exactly right. We're coming to times right now when these things have to be discovered because the, we're, we're getting ready to enter into the kingdom, and these are things that need to be presented uh, right now. Uh, you want to speak to that just a little bit? And then I then I want to ask, ask a question that uh, friend Pastor Ray Bentley asked me to ask you, the pastor of Maranatha. That's my pleasure. But yeah, the the pressing issue is uh, we are we are nearing, and what I believe is the, the time of the coming of the Messiah. Yes, and I'm yes, not yes. joking. I'm not joking. I am very serious that the, the that the Messiah could be, you know, weeks away. It could be a year away. But guys, it's not long. And and you also have to remember that there are two witnesses that the book of the Revelation is correct, and I believe it is. There are two witnesses that are, that are probably on the earth right now, and they are out there. They're going. They're going to make themselves known here soon, uh, very gradually. But I think they're going to make themselves known, and they are going to turn the world back. One of them will be preaching, you know, make straight the way of the Lord. And the other one will be pointing towards Messiah. They're going to be doing this, and and that's what this whole thing is about. The Copper Scroll Project is not about gold and silver. It's not about me getting a big reward. Uh, my reward is coming in heaven, and and I want it to be all my treasures be stored up in heaven, because that's where it counts. Yes. And, and my concern is that God, I do what God's will is. Uh, not the will of men, not the will of politicians, but the will of God. Because I, I want to, whenever I stand before him, I want to say, I did everything I could figure out how to do. And I, I just hope I stay within his will the entire time. Yes, yes, yes. So, my listening friend, do you realize the gravity that Jim Barfield is sharing with you? There are things that have to be discovered, uncovered uh, in the Word uh, for for as as Jesus comes back, the revelation get uh, clearer and clearer. The answering to some of the questions we've been scratching our head, you know, uh, by Bible uh, students and uh, eschatologists and things like that, been scratching our heads on certain scriptures. These things are going to be revealed more and more, and part of that revelation is going to come from things that are unearthed in the ground right now. So, Jim, uh, I, I'm. You you quicken my heart when you share these things because you're in a, God has placed you in position to really be impactful in this. Let me well let me let me tell your sure. audience a few of the things that could potentially be found. Sure. Uh, of course, the gold and silver and and, and just jars and jars, seventy five pound jars of gems. Gosh, the, the ladies would be thrilled <laughs> to see the the amount of gems that could potentially be found because they're beautiful things for beautiful ladies and. And these things are going to be magnificent. But 
There are ingots of gold and silver, and the, here's the important stuff. There's platters, there's bowls, there's cups. Now, can you imagine holding in your hand a golden cup that came from the uh, tabernacle of Moses? Yes. That would just be oh, come on. A, a thrill on a level that cannot be explained. But then there are going to be the most important things, or there's going to be artifacts from the tabernacle and from the temple of Solomon. And, and you, most of the uh, scholars are going to tell you that this stuff was Herodian or King Herod time frame. No, guys, it's not. I promise you, and if you see the research, and you will someday soon, you will understand that this was all done during the time of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was hiding the artifacts of the temple so that they would not be taken by the Babylonians and melted down and used for something else. Yes. And, for example, at the very last location on the Copper Scroll, it says that the, the treasures of the house, the treasures of the house. Now, that is, that is referring to the treasures are not the gold and silver so much. It's the artifacts that were inside the temple and the tabernacle, which means the altar of incense, table of showbread, that sort of thing. Yes. We're going to de- be digging more deeply into this. We're, we're up against a break. Go, uh, these these uh, segments go quickly, don't they, Jim? You get, you, they sure you, do. you get on a roll and all of a sudden Kaz has to go, excuse me, Jim. What, Kaz? <laughs> well, yeah, commercial break? Yeah, commercial break. So thank you for setting the stage for that. And, and your very mention of Jeremiah is really tied to the question that I, Pastor Ray Bentley wanted me to ask you. So we'll save that to the next segment. But my listening friend, do you understand what's happening here? The things that people just said, oh, these are nice stories in Scripture, and they read them and they dig more deeply. They go, these are more than stories. These are true. Not only are they true, they are signposts to the coming Messiah. Can you believe that? We are in the times right now. Jim Barfield and I will excavate verbally more (laughs) when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Well, welcome back, my friends. I am with the illustrious Jim Barfield, the director of the Copper Scroll Project. And uh, I can dig him. But he can dig Scripture, and that's what I really love about him. Not only does he love digging into Scripture, he loves digging into the ground that is um, identified through Scripture. So, Jim, we began began our discussion about—you mentioned Jeremiah uh, in our previous segment and uh, some of the things that he uh, knew about as far as being buried in different places. One of the questions that I ha- have from Ray Bentley, he said— knowing that I'm going to be interviewing you now. He says, ask him about, uh, some people say that in, in, like for example, in the second Maccabees, Maccabee 2 or wherever it says, that Jeremiah puts some of the artifacts actually around Mount Sinai. Uh, what's your take on this? Uh, are you familiar with, with those uh, extra biblical verses? And what's your take on that? Obviously, you have discovered something of clear value, uh, but what's your take on uh, is, are you familiar with the Second Maccabees reference? Yes, I am. It's uh, it, Jeremiah was in his on en route to Mount Nebo. Actually, uh-huh. uh, that's where he was. He was headed, and uh, he, that that's why I'm, I'm I tell people 
yeah, Mount Nebo plays a role in this, but that's not where he left the artifacts. So you're um, saying, like says, in Second Maccabee, it, it mentions that uh, there was an area other than the Qumran Valley where he was hiding them, but the truth of the matter is you've actually discovered, you think, the, the real place and is going to be uncovered and discovered very shortly. Yes, and, and, and I don't believe it's at Mount Nebo at all. He, he was en route to Mount Nebo whenever he took these things and he, and he placed them within the uh, buried cave at, at Qumran. The, the direction that he would have took, the most direct route from the temple uh, to Mount Nebo would have been straight east uh, and, and, and take a path, which the same path that they would take every, um, let's see, September, approximately October, September, October time frame. During Feast the of Tabernacles, of yes. Well, no, they, this event would have been for the, uh, for the uh, Day of Atonement. Matter of fact, that course that they took was the, play, the, the route that they took to walk the goat from the temple out into the wilderness, and that's where the goat would be pushed off the cliff. The Azazel goat would be pushed off the cliff. Well, that's the same path that they took, taking these items back to Qumran or to Qumran to be buried. So <clears throat> think of it that way. Uh, that's a good question because it appears that they were talking about whoever wrote the second Maccabees. It looks like they were talking about they took the items to Mount Nebo and buried them, but I'm telling you guys, they didn't. That's uh, the, All these items are, are buried at Qumran, and even the wording in Second Maccabees uh, says that they found a, uh, a great, a large chamber, uh, the opening for the large chamber, and they sealed that chamber up, that opening to that cave. Well, it's the exact same wording, almost word for word, that's on the Copper Scroll, for the location of the uh, the 52nd, the third and the 52nd location. My, my, my. <sighs> so it's, it's, it's all the same. And, and it, he, what his question is a good one and an uh, important one to, to understand that, that that location, and I would lo- love to sit down and show you guys sometime, but uh, that is what they're talking about. Is He was en route to. He was going thither. And the word in Greek means en route to. My, 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 my. Well, he, he, I guess the bottom line is the, you, the, the discoveries that you've made are certifiable in many, many ways. And uh, when, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu, my listening friend, let, let, let Jim and I bring you up to date right now. These things, uh, this, pro- this property has been protected. Is it the Jordanians that have kind of protected the sanctity of this land so that there can be no Israeli excavations in this, Jim? Is that what it is? No. What, what's happened is that uh, the Jordanians had the uh, the territory that all of this is in. Everything was in the Jordanian territory until the, uh, until the Israelis got control of it. And once the Israelis got control of the area, the whole West Bank uh, the majority of it belongs to is under the authority of the Israeli. Uh, uh, let's see, it's called the uh, Antiquities Department of the Civil Administration. Yes, all the antiquities are under that. However, there are pockets. the The vast majority of it is Area C. Then within that, there are pockets of Area A and Area B, which area. B is a joint operation between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and Area A, which is smaller, is 
strictly under the uh, authorization or authority of the uh, Palestinians. Mm-hmm. So it's which area really, does this fall in right now? Uh, right now, the location of Qumran is in Area C, which is under Israeli, Israeli control. Uh, yeah, under Israeli control, but that's why what's happening with uh, President Trump and with uh, Netanyahu, and with, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, is they are annexing, uh, and the people of Israel are annexing, actually, the Jordan Valley. And the Jordan Valley, if they annex that, everything falls under, completely under, the uh, all the things that I'm talking about here today um, at Qumran's fall under the authority, strictly under the authority of Israel, which means all of any other restrictions are lifted, and then they could go in there and, and excavate. safely excavate and bring these things out without, uh, there's always going to be conflict. Oh, of course. Period. But, but you, said, you said that this area right there that's in question, you called that area... C and the area C is actually under the Israeli dominion, but why can't they go and do it now? Because of the mainly because of the Oslo Accords and the, the restrictions that were put on it by the UN. Um, that area falls under a, a different um, purview. Of and, yes, uh, yeah, it's it's just very convoluted. Uh, who's who's in control? But once they annex it. Everything falls under, and they can they could dig. The Israelis could dig just like they could, let's say, in and uh, the city of Western David, for Jerusalem. Yes, yeah, all of it's, it's wide open then to the Israelis and guys. It belongs to the Israel. Yes, all of that area belongs to Israel, and they're not asking for a large bunch of property. They're asking for a small place for the Jewish people to to have and to live. My my. So, so you, you're saying uh, things right now could uh, turn the tide to allow this excavation to happen, and the relationship between Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, the the prime minister, uh, the guy actually who's in charge in Israel right now, he's got a short leash because he and Benny Gantz are sharing the leadership yeah. role, and uh, I think it was an 18 month. Uh, provision that uh, Netanyahu could do this, and then it, the baton is handed over to the other party in governance in Israel, um, yes. the Blue and White yep. Party and the Likud Party. They're mm-hmm. unfriendly friends. I don't know exactly how to put that. But Benjamin not Netanyahu knows that he has to make this move pretty quick because uh, his uh, preeminence is is on a timeline. Isn't that correct? It's very true, and and I need for him to make some moves here quickly as well. Uh, <laughs> yes. I do. I mean, it's not about me; it's about Israel. And what they, what I can't understand is why they they don't trust God. I mean, I mean that's it's everywhere. It's here in the United States. They don't. We don't trust God like we should. Otherwise, this that's happening today in our country wouldn't be happening. That's right. If we were if we were doing God's commandments and His laws and and sticking to that because He promises you do these things, everything's going to be wonderful for you. You don't do it. Guess what? Well, I'm going to send the Assyrians. I'm going to send the Babylonians. I'm going to send the the uh, Romans, and they will they will make you get your stuff in a row. And really, it's us. It's our lack of obedience and love for God that creates that situation. God really doesn't send them. I misspoke. He doesn't send them. We create an environment where they are going to come in, and they will take what we have. 
It right. happens every single time, but we don't learn. Jim, what so I'd like me to preach on that. I'd like to. You've uh, pardon the pun again, but you've unearthed some things that I I would like to excavate further in the last hour of this show. We're going to bring it up to present day times because you know. Things happened back then, way back in the Bible days, the Old Testament days, and even the New Testament days, for examples unto us today. And if we don't learn these lessons that were embedded not only in Scripture, but now are embedded within the ground, if we don't learn those lessons, there's a steep price to pay. We're seeing that threat in the United States. Israel yeah. Israel is seeing that threat in Israel with the surrounding nations. We're seeing it in yeah. America why, by surrounding people who have uh, ill intentions for America and the Judeo-Christian values. The, all this stuff ties in to the things that you are discovering and have discovered, and Scripture as well. So let's d- devote the uh, the last hour of the show digging deeply into that thing. And my, my friends, you're going to be amazed at the parallels between the lessons that God has given us in Scripture and underground that are pertinent for us today. And Jim, I know you love uh, uh, excavating things, so... Would you grab your shovel and pick and hoe, and I'll do the same thing, and we'll excavate this new turf when we come back? I'd love to. Okay, my friends. We've set the stage. Jim Barfield, he's heading over to his uh, tool shed, grabbing his pick and axe and shovel, and uh, we will resume after this commercial break. So Jim and I will be (laughs) right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Back, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. We've got uh, we're digging into some hefty topics here on on uh, Come Together San Diego. My co-host uh, for this entire two-hour broadcast, and we've just entered into the second hour now, is Jim Barfield. He's the director of the Copper Scroll Project, and he is a man who loves God. It's very clear in every word that he speaks, but he also loves to excavate the truths of God, and that's one of the things that he was actually born for. He's an, an investigator. He was an investigator with the fire department. He was in the military, uh, a, a, a pilot, um, and, and, I mean, so many different... I, I, did you say something? That I, are, you, are you fixing something that I just said? <laughs> Hello, Jim. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to your crew. I, I, well, I'm talking to I'm talking to our listeners. But uh, you made the comment. I mentioned a little bit of your background of in, you know, fire uh, investigation and uh, in the military and a, a pilot and so many other things that you actually have been able to apply to the skill set that you have now to excavate scripture and be uh, well received in Israel uh, in light of antiquities and members of the Knesset as well. I, I was hoping that we can bring this entire show back into the present-day times because a lot of people go, oh, those are just dusty artifacts. They have no relevance to today. The truth of the matter is they have very great relevance for today because these are going to prove that Scripture is true. And and if you go with the understanding that Scripture is true, then there are a lot of things that comes to light about uh, oh, I don't know. Let's just say uh, Israel's history, 
let's just say, Messiah that even uh, reveals some of America's history because we're so closely tied to Israel as well. Um, Jim, I, I would love to dig more deeply into how all the things that were hidden back then have pertinence for us today. So you want to start this uh, track uh, in our discussion in light of that. The things that are being discovered from millennia past have everything to do with us, our life, and the way we look at life and the future today. And now, Jim Barfield, I'd like to get your input. You, you bet. What, here's, here's the thing. Uh, they're right. These are, these are going to be some dusty items coming out of the ground. But once they get out of the ground and they get in the light of day, they're going to see that these things are going to shine almost like the glory. It's going to be it's going to be a magnificent day. It's going to be a magnificent time, and when these all come out, because what people what people don't understand is that the temple is going to be renewed, rebuilt. And, and part of the Jewish community says, "Well, we must build it." The other part of the Jewish community says it's going to be coming out of the heavens. Now, which that kind of goes along with the Book of the Revelation sure. that you know this this massive. You know, 1,500 by 1,500 by 1,500 mile block is going to be coming out of the sky. And it's going to, you know, it's going to hover over Jerusalem. And people think, well, that's that's insane. Well, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. It comes out of the book of the Revelation. And we must prepare and we must be ready for these uh, this, this event. These things are coming. The Messiah is coming. And it, it won't be long. And with with these items, we will begin to realize, we will begin to recognize that if you want to see the future, you got to look backwards in time. Because <laughs> from the beginning, you see the end. From the end, you see the beginning. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. What has happened before will happen again, and it's happening. It's happening before our eyes, and, and I... I would love to have the opportunity um, to visit with uh, President Trump because the Israeli people consider him, uh, many of them, I can't say all, many of them consider him a modern-day Cyrus, a a pagan king, or not Israeli, so we'll put it in the pagan category, not a Israeli, but he is doing amazing things to help Israel get reestablished again, and that is going to be massively important to us. Yes, because there was one of the things that that um, Cyrus did that people don't remember. He not only did he help them reestablish Israel, and and Trump did he helped them reestablish Israel by designating Jerusalem as a recognized capital of Israel. That's huge. It's huge. Well, he also did something else, Cyrus. Yes. Cyrus returned the vessels and treasures of uh, that were held in Babylon. He re- There were some of them that were taken to Babylon. He helped restore the treasures. That's what I want to talk to him about. Yes. Is let's help Israel restore their treasures. It's got to be under the Israeli authority. It's their land. I'm not going to try to tell them what to do. I'm just going to lay it out there for them and say, guys, here's what I've got. Yes. Help me help you, because if you go back to God's commands and you start keeping uh, the commands of God, your nation is going to explode with with uh, amazing things. 
the Israelis are an incredibly intelligent people, guys. They are not dummies. They are very intelligent. They've got a, a magnificent military. And uh, I, I would be honored to be part of helping them get these things and restore these things to Israel. Yes. Qumran would become a, uh, a massive tourist point at that point, at that time in history. Because it would be, because Qumran, I want to tell everybody this, Qumran and the Jerusalem at the time of Jeremiah, both places, you, you, the, the outline of both these places matched. All the things that I found and recognized at Qumran, all the, fe- all the features that I found on the map match with the features of the, within the city of Jerusalem. The outline of Jerusalem and Qumran match. It's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, I, yeah, I spoke to the Sanhedrin one day, the group of the Sanhedrin in Israel, and I showed them. I said, look at this, and their eyes bugged out, just like mine did when I made the discovery. My. And it, it's, it's just incredible that all this is coming together, and, and, the, and the Melchizedek order, listen, it's going to be restored because what is talked about in the book of the Revelation is the, the 12,000 virgins from each tribe, male virgins from each tribe, were going, are going to be the restoration of the Melchizedek order. And who is the head of the Melchizedek order as we speak? He who is after the, the order of Melchizedek in the book of Hebrews is the guy. <laughs> yes. His name is Messiah the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, guys, that is that's important, and people don't. You know, they they like to read the story of the crucifixion. Guys, there's a whole book there with a massive amount of information. Uh, and and I asked something the other day on my uh, on my on my uh, what is that called Facebook? Mm-hmm. I don't like it, <laughs> but I asked a question on Facebook. I said, "When is the last time any of you?" heard a child say, when I grow up, I want to be just like Jesus. And the people started sending me remarks, you know, the big the bug eyes and the big open mouth going, oh, my goodness, never. I haven't ever heard that. I haven't, I haven't seen that ever happen. My, my. What is the deal? I let, I let my children down by not motivating them to want to be like the Messiah. And, and and to live their life because it, people say one person said, well, you know we can't be perfect. Well, Yeshua said, "Be ye perfect, Come on. as our Father in heaven is perfect." So he set the bar pretty high. I got to admit. Oh, he did. But uh, but you know what? They, people tell me, well, no, no one could ever do the commandments of God. Well, baloney. That's not true because Yeshua said it. He yes. said. He said, if you can keep these two commandments, you can keep all the commandments yes. of the Bible. Love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the commandments hang on that those two commandments. It's simple. It's yes. easy. We're going so, to dig more deeply into these things. We have the remainder of this hour to the top of the hour, 7 o'clock, to uh, explore these things. And now we're getting into some stuff that really is hitting the heart 
and hitting home, my listening friend. And one of the things that impresses me about Jim, he uses his backlog of understanding of excavations of Scripture and excavations of the land to bring forth present-day truths that are going to be directives for us to live our lives today and beyond. So, Jim, we've only just begun in this last hour, and we're going to excavate this more deeply when Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project and Kaz of Come Together San Diego will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Okay, I'm back with uh, Jim Barfield, and uh, he's with the Copper Scroll Project, the director thereof, and... uh, He's been digging in the ground, and the iniquity, uh, the antiquities um, in Israel have, have really embraced his discoveries, as have members of the Knesset as well. And there is becoming what uh, we would call an annexation, but Israel doesn't like to call it an annexation. They like to say that it's the application of sovereignty of the West Bank and the uh, Jordanian Valley, uh, Valley and w- which is a little truer uh, verbiage, but the words annexation of uh, the West Bank and, and the Jordanian Valley are being most frequently used in in uh, news accounts and things like that. But the return of sovereignty to that area is, is how Israel likes to look at it. But, Jim, we, it, the things that, that are happening right now in Israel are not a surprise. These, these things have been foretold in Scripture, and even the— soon coming discovery of these buried things uh, um, are about ready to be revealed. Uh, I was looking at, you know, I, there's a clear parallel between the things that have gone on and are going on in Israel now and the things that are going on in the United States. I'm just going to put it out there and let you speak to this or say, okay, Kaz, we'll talk about something else because you're not a guest, you're a co-host. But let me kind of give the overview here about things that, as I see, what has happened in Israel for millennia, the uh, people that are against Israel have emotionally buried the truths, you know, like like the scripture isn't true. You know, they're try- trying to bury history or trying to ignore history. In the United States right now, the threat is we have people that are adverse to the U.S. Constitution and to the Judeo-Christian values herein trying to change or bury history. And what God is saying, not only in Israel, but what he's saying in the United States is, Protect your history, and you protect it with, as as Jim said, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Protect it with that heart, and I am going to blow open these discoveries, and I'm going to protect your land, Israel, and I'm willing to protect your land, America, if you do these things uh, and fight in favor of my scripture. I'm going to hand this over to you, Jim. You can tie this to the excavations, however you want to tie this, but I know you and I are after the same heart on this stuff. So, Jim Barfield. Yeah, the, the, the issues that, uh, the problems I've come up with in this as far as identifying, and what people have to understand is that the the prophecies of Scripture are have, have been really being revealed Ever since, and most people should know this, ever since the uh, restoration of the land of Israel. 1948. 
1948 was huge. Uh, the, 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 the timing on it was incredible. Uh, from, let me give you an example. From the time that Jeroboam, who was the bad guy in this story, he was a king in the, of the northern kingdom, took the ten tribes. They call them, a lot of people call it the ten lost tribes. Mm-hmm. He took them away from the God's teachings, and he took them away. They, built, they didn't build just one golden calf. They built two. There was a lot of things they did wrong. They never repented, and, the, and Ezekiel told the northern kingdom, uh, the, the Israel, uh, they told him. He said, if you if you repent, your punishment is going to be 390 years long. Even if you repent today, it's going to be 390 years long. They never repented. <clears throat> and from the date of the death of the king that led them astray, which was Jeroboam, from the, that date, time seven is what the scripture said. If you don't, if you don't uh, repent, then your your punishment is multiplied by seven. From that year, you multiply the 390 years that uh, Ezekiel set for the northern kingdom times seven, and you come to the year 1947. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, and and not only that, but you also have prophecies from uh, Daniel. Daniel, I was thinking about Daniel, yes. Yeah, the the, uh, 2300 years. And 2,300 years, if you, if you go back to the time of, uh, the time of, of, of Jeremiah, which everybody, the, the day, Daniel's datings is based on Jeremiah. It's not based on Cyrus. I'm sorry to tell you that, but no, I'm not. I'm happy to tell you that. <laughs> you, go, you go from Jeremiah, and you go down and through history from the, Jeremiah 2,300 years, and guess where you come to again? You come to this time frame in history, and guys, it's it's amazing. All the prophecies can be found and be identified, but you have to use Scripture to do it, wow. and that is a very significant to all of us. And what is happening with, uh, for example, uh, and all this is based on information that's received from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes, and from Scripture, of course. But the Dead Sea Scrolls have a, a, a lot of the scriptures embedded within all of it. And, and one of the other things that is going to be found is going to be another book of Haggai. And the book of Haggai, you had to know it before you were allowed to enter into the, the uh, Qumran community. The women, the children, the men had to know the book of Haggai. Now, guys, anybody could learn the book of Haggai. In short order, but that's not that's not all of it. There's got to be more, because uh, Haggai was one of the men that helped uh, write the Copper Scroll. There were five men that wrote it, and two of those men were prophets. One of them was Haggai. The other one was Zechariah, and both of those men were telling the people when they came back out of exile that seventy years, and I'm going to lead up to something that seventy years. After they got back out of Israel, uh, Babylon, came back into Israel, and they restored, they were telling everybody, build the temple. Go back and read them. They, they'll, you'll see it. Uh, Haggai, in particular, said, the gold is mine, the silver is mine, thus saith the Lord. Haggai was one of the guys that helped bury the gold and silver, so guess what? He knew where it was at. But the heart of Israel had to be right, and the heart of Israel has to be right today. 
before all this is going to come together again, uh, the heart of Israel has to be made right again. Now, what's going to happen, Cass? What's going to happen if the if the uh, days of the book of the uh, the Revelation begin to happen? There's going to be some very difficult times. Yes, very difficult times. Uh, but it's it's about repentance. And remember what I started off the show with is we need to repent. All of us need to be repenting daily, thinking, okay, what silly thing did I do today that would not honor God? And we all need to be doing that. Well, it's the same thing that uh, that they were doing back then. That's what John the Baptist was tell, uh, telling everybody during the time of Teshuvah, again, which leads up to the Day of Atonement. And for those that don't understand, God has set some biblical holidays in place for all of this to teach you and point to the one you call the Messiah. Everything that Yeshua did, uh, Jesus did, was all on a set time schedule. And once you recognize that in Scripture, all this Dead Sea Scrolls stuff begins to really make so much more impact upon your life because it's Scripture. They were proclaiming and pushing the Scripture towards everybody and and trying to encourage everybody. And what Trump did at 70 years from the date of the rebirth of Israel, 70 years, Trump announces uh, that uh, Israel, uh, Jerusalem, would be the capital of Israel. And that 70-year time frame these time frames are not just a joke, and it's not something that you arbitrarily see in Scripture. They pinpoint and point to something very significant, and all of this comes from Scripture and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes, and it's also something that you can discern what's going on in today in many other ways as well. For example, uh, with the Trump peace plan, Within the peace plan, which is a remarkable writing, you need to dig it up uh, in the in the government files and, and read through that peace plan. One of the provisions mm-hmm. of the peace plan is to allow some autonomy for Israel that has never been done before to be able to to um, annex different pieces of property and things like that. And I mean, the way that it's structured is very interesting, the way that it was structured, not like any other peace plan before. But right now, the door is open for a time for Israel to actually go in and actually annex the the West Bank area and to annex the Jordan Valley area and to therefore allow excavations within that area like have not been uh, allowed. And as soon as those excavations come to pass, these truths which have been buried uh, are going to be discovered. But these truths about unearthing history and making history uh, valid for today have everything to do with what's going on today as well, because history, not only in Israel, is has been buried, but people are trying to bury uh, U.S. history as well. And God's saying, it's no more of this. I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we have to say, yes, so help me God. He wants to reveal these things for us today, and therein, and knowing our God will be our protection in these in these troubled times. So we're going to talk more about that. It's time, I'm sorry, Jim. Time for another commercial break, but uh, we're going to spend the last half hour just re, really bringing 
everything that has come to pass and the options and opportunities that Israel is facing now and America is facing now, they are in tandem with one another. And if we can embrace that, we're going to be more likely to make the right decisions as we go. Jim Barfield, I'm sure you're uh, willing to stay with me for the last half hour and we can dig more deeply into this stuff. My friends, the things that happen in the scripture are not just past tense things. They're present and valuable for us today, but also into tomorrow. Jim Barfield of the Copper Squirrel Project, the director therein, and I will talk about this when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There is a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released and we all get to drink of it. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And here I am indeed with co-host Jim Barfield, the director of the Copper Scroll Project. And Jim, you mentioned the scripture in Ecclesiastes. I'm going to start this segment by just reading that scripture because, let me just put it this way, past history is now. In other words, the things that have happened in the past has everything to do with how we should deal with the presence and the future. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it says, verse 9, it says, The thing which has been, that is that which shall be, and that which shall be is that which shall be done. There is nothing new under the sun. In other words, past history, present history, and future history are all intimately tied together. And once you understand past history, you can get a pretty good understanding of what's going to be happening now and get a pretty good understanding about what's going to be happening in the future. I'm using that to hand the baton over to you, Jim Barfield, because you've done a lot of excavation, not only in the Word, but also in the ground. And the things that you've discovered carry weight for us today and even into tomorrow. So we have uh, t- this in a second, uh, the last segment to excavate this further. What would you like our listeners to go away with? And where would you like to take this, Jim Barfield? One of the things that I would like to touch on is uh, the scrolls from the Dead Sea, which are, you know, the brothers and sisters of the Copper Skull. And, and yes. you can't really understand the Copper Skull unless you understand, one, Scripture, and two, uh, the history behind it. Uh, and the, and here's, here's one of them. It's called the Melchizedek Scroll. And it's the, the catalog number for those that might want to look it up is LQ13. In the the uh, Melchizedek scroll, it begins by talking about the Jubilee year. This it sets a time frame, and it sets a date, and it gives uh, from the time of uh, the destruction of the temple ten jubilees, and at that time, uh, the liberty would be proclaimed for the people of the of the sect uh, of the men at the Qumran. In the first week, which follows the nine jubilees, in the Day of Atonement is the end of the 10th Jubilee. And the sons of light, you've heard that term before, I'm sure, the sons of light, and all the men of the lot of the order of Melchizedek, he shall be over them, and it is at the time of the year of grace of the Melchizedek. And that is what is printed on the Copper Scroll. Uh, there's seven 
Greek words on the Copper Scroll or groupings of letters. And each one of those groupings, when you compare them to the equivalent numerical value of the Hebrew, spells certain words. And those words are, uh, the. It, it talks about the priest giving a drink uh, to the uh, people of Israel in the wilderness. The same thing that the book of uh, Jeremiah, the same thing the book of Haggai, it talks about that. And it makes it very clear that that's what they're talking about. And my point is this, that there are there are at least three or four prophecies in the Dead Sea Scrolls that point to Yeshua as being Messiah. And this one in particular talks about the crucifixion at the time of the crucifixion. And it even says the name Yeshua, which is a Hebrew name for Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, and it, it gives the date, and the date is exactly right. Yeshua, Jesus, was crucified in a jubilee year. That's why what he read was jubilee terminology. The time to set the captives free is a jubilee year. That's what he was talking about. And then there's there's another one that that, uh, that gives the date of the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus, and again, it's exactly correct. It tells the time of the birth by by numbering from the destruction of the temple. It gives the timing, and it is exactly right. It's incredible because John the Baptist was born what six months before, before Jesus. Jesus yes. and yes, John the Baptist was born at the time of Passover. That's why whenever they nailed Jesus to the cross. They nailed him to the cross, and when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting from the Psalms, and he was what he was doing is he was calling that out, and the people around him thought he was calling out to who? Elijah. Elijah. Why would he be calling out to Elijah? Every year that we, we uh, do a Passover Seder, the children go to the front door, and they call for who? Elijah. Elijah, because that is the practice that has been going on for all these centuries, and that's what they—that's what they thought he was doing. He was calling out to Elijah. That's not what he was doing. Uh, he was—he was quoting from the scriptures of the Psalms, but they recognized it as being Elijah. And John the Baptist, Yeshua said it. He said, "If you will accept it, John the Baptist is Elijah, born on the Passover." I've got the uh, documentation on that as well. Born on Passover, and Yeshua was born on the Feast of Trumpets. That is the date for the birth of uh, many different people in, in Scripture. as a September 19th time frame. So my point again is that we are digging into not only the Copper Scroll, but we are looking at and we're there, there's going to be revelation like crazy whenever we open up that cave. And inside the cave will be documentation and biblical knowledge uh, on on a biblical scale. That will that's where the treasures are, at, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the gold and silver. They're amazing things to be looking at and and in the to to hold and touch. But the important things is the knowledge that God is going to pour out upon us at the at the right time. And everybody knows this that there's a set moment in time. That if I'm get if I get to be there, I will get to pull away the dirt and begin to reveal the opening for that cave. And ladies and gentlemen, 
if I get any reward on this earth, that's what I want it to be, to be there whenever they they take these out. And one of the items that potentially going to be in there, according to the book of uh, 2 Maccabees, is the Ark of the Covenant itself. Mm. That would be incredible. Of course, I won't be able to touch it. No. They have to have Kohanim, which is the priests of, from the Levitical order. They have to have Kohanim to go into the cave and bring that thing out. Yes. Now, wow, can wow, wow. you possibly imagine what's going to happen that day? I mean, it's going to be, oh, my goodness. It's going to be a storm of information and excitement all over the world for those of us that believe in God. Yes, and then the, you know what happens. The enemy is, you know— uh, the enemy goes, oh, this isn't real, you know, ignore this. Uh, this, you know, there's nothing happening here, and, and he tries to divert our attention. He's doing that right now as we try to embrace Judeo-Christian's values in the United States, as the Jews embrace uh, the coming of what they call Yeshua, uh, what they call uh, Messiah ben David, the coming of the Messiah after the, uh, after the lineage of David, the, uh, the enemies of God are saying, oh, no, don't look there, look somewhere else. And we're in danger of being, uh, we believers, uh, and the Jews also are in danger of focusing on wrong things and missing everything entirely. That's where we are right now, Jim, and that's what really hurts my heart. Um, I'm, well, I have to go to a break right now. We have the whole last segment to tie everything together, but... Uh, I'm with you wholeheartedly uh, with the Melchizedek thing, with the discovering of the, the scrolls uh, and the antiquities and all everything that's about ready to be revealed. It's not going to be anything that's too much different from what's already been written. <laughs> so if we can understand what's already been written, we will be prepared for the things that are about ready to be revealed. Jim Barfield, join me in the last segment. I'm going to let you bring a summary and a conclusion to everything we've talked about for the entire broadcast for Come Together San Diego. Is that fair, Jim? Amen. I'm with you. I'm with you more than you know, my friend. So Jim Barfield, the Copper Scroll Project Director and Kaz, will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Boy, oh boy, I hardly contain myself. You know, I've been studying scripture for decades, and some of the things that I've had to put on shelves, Jim Barfield has taken off the shelf, blown off the dust and saying, now's the time. So I can, I can tell you how exciting that is for me. So, Jim, we're coming to a close of the show. We've got about 10 minutes left in the entire two-hour broadcast, if you can believe it. I'm going to hand the, the, the baton over to you. I would like you to bring everything to kind of a summary, uh, a few summary comments, and just really speak to our listening audience of where we are and where we need to be in light of the discoveries that have been uh, made and are being made today. And by the way, after we get off the show, I want to talk with you just briefly on the telephone. So I'm going to hand the baton to you, Jim Barfield. However you want to minister this last segment, do so in Jesus' name. Go, Jim, go. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And first thing I want to say to your audience is God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, good. And we need to keep that in mind, especially now. Know that God is on the throne, and that you hear this all the time, but I'm telling you, He's on the throne, but his son is heading this way. <laughs> and we need to be ready for that. And then don't let all these things 
depress you and then bring you into to a place of fear. Let it bring you into a place of hope, knowing that we have a Messiah that is that is coming, that is going to make things right. And in, if, unless I misunderstand, he's going to do battle for us in in many different ways. And we need to be have our hearts right, have our minds right. But guys, look at the division that's happening within our country, within our families, even even my family. There's been division, and it's been over this silly silliness that's happening. And it's not silly, but it's happening across the world. Yes, it's it's like God is Yeshua said, "I come to bring a sword to divide," and He's separating. What He means is he's separating the sheep from the goats. He's separating those that believe in him from the ones that don't believe in him. And that separation is becoming so vivid, so clear, that it's, it's, it is in itself is almost frightening. But in the same time, it's, it gives me great hope and excitement. Because I think in the, in the coming weeks, there's going to be revelation that come forth that everybody in the country is going to be absolutely stunned. There is some wickedness yes. on a level that is, you know, makes it makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like kindergarten. And it, I, I was shocked at how much wickedness and pedophilia and oh immorality is it's uh, it is so rampant that I, when he, whenever I began to study and realize what was going on around the world, there, and everything was becoming revealed, oh my goodness, it was awful. And and people that you would have never thought were involved in it are the ones that are involved in it. My my, so and true. You're talking about you're talking about globally, but you're also talking about the United States of America, aren't you, Jim? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Globally, for sure. But uh, the United States is, guys, it's, it's so sickening and so embedded within our, within our culture that people can't believe it. And in, at first, I couldn't believe it. And I had to start be, uh, actually researching it to see what was going on, and it's here. And God is coming back to make that all right again. But it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be difficult. And I, that's why I keep telling people, repent. Repent. On. Get on your knees. Get on your face and, and, and prostrate yourself before God and pray for your families. Pray for the non-believers. Pray for those uh, that are against us. They don't want us to to worship anymore. They're shutting down the, the churches so that they can't worship. Synagogues so they can't worship. But they're leaving all this other nonsense open. That is a sign of the time. Yes. And it's like nothing we have ever seen. Certainly nothing. I'm 65 years old, and I've never seen anything like this. So oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there for you, Kaz. Well, I, I'm going to—I want you to— consolidate all everything that Jim Barfield has said for the entire two-hour broadcast of Come Together San Diego. And it boils down to this. We are in the signs of the times. We are in the last of the last days. And this is not a time for us to go back. We want church as normal. We want to have our Christian life as normal where we're not going to be threatened by anybody else. We just live our little Christian 
in life and lifestyle and, and we're not threatened. This is a time that we were born to live right now. And uh, as Jim says, you know, the thing, look at this all throughout scripture, the things that are posed and poised here. This is uh, the obligation for believers like you and I, my friends, to take what scripture says, you know, the, the directives that Jesus said and a lot of, uh, you know, the Olivet Discourse and all these other things. These are now, and we need to obey them, and God's giving us strategies buried in the earth right now, as Jim has spent much time talking about. Things are buried in earth that, is going, that are going to be revealed, but they're also buried in our lives that are going to be revealed. It's time for us to excavate our lives and repent from the things that we've done and allow him to come in and blow the dust off of it and wash us clean and say, now be the young man or the young woman or the older man or the older woman whom I've built you to be. Now is your time to shine. Further thoughts on this? We've got uh, about two or three minutes, Jim Barfield. No, I just I just want to encourage people uh, to know that it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter if you've figured out how to understand the Copper Scroll. What matters is your relationship with God, and it's a loving relationship with God. That because the the Bible the Bible is our wedding contract. We have made an agreement, and, and Yeshua said, don't accept these things unworthily. And what he's saying is, you you are a bride of mine, and you must keep yourself clean and pure in order to partake of the, the things of the coming kingdom. And we need to be kingdom-minded. We need to be thinking towards reestablishing God's kingdom. And that is going to be... Uh, it's going to be a wonderful, magnificent thing, and I encourage everybody because in the coming days, come on, I would say within the next two years, we're going to see some really shocking and unbelievable things come about. Yes, it's going to be like a storm coming, and and but it's also going to be a revelation of what the Father has been intending for us all this time, and now it's coming. That's right. And we get to play a gigantic role in that if we listen and obey. Isn't that right, Jim? Yes, and we must listen and obey. And people people always ask me at, at the end of these shows, where can people donate? I don't want your money. That is not what this is about. This is, I don't want you to send me money. I want you to send me prayers or send God prayers for the project so that we will stay in in the will of God and accomplish what God has set before us to do. And that's what we need. That's what we want from me. And I would hope that there's some in your audience that uh, are powerful prayer warriors that are willing to do that. Yes. Because in this short time, in the last 13 years, I have lost 14 family members, three grandchildren, uh, my oldest son, my dad, three of the most important spiritual mentors within my family. And it's been very, very difficult. So I, I ask for people to pray for us, and and don't worry about the money. God always provides. So you, I I would I'm going to pray for the entire audience tonight. I promise you that I'm going to pray for you, and I ask that you would pray for the nation, for our country, because we have to get through this together and stand together as a nation, united under God. That's right. And not only do we have to stand for a nation, uh, our nation, we need, as believers in the Lord, to stand for the nation of Israel as well. 
because we're hand in hand in tandem with the things that are going on there are going on here because uh, people that don't love uh, our Lord call Israel the little Satan and the United States the big Satan. Well, those things are going to be more clearly defined as the days progress. And we need to know who who's our God and with whom we stand. And then we're going to be required to make those stands. Uh, Jim Barfield, just, would you stay on the line after the show just for a moment or two? I want to chat with you on the phone. My listening friend, I hope that you have gotten at least big pieces of the message. Very quickly, Jim, the website where people can go and find out more about the Copper Scroll Project. And just simply do that. Type in the Copper Scroll Project in any search engine, and you should be able to find it pretty easily. Thank you, Jim Barfield, for co-hosting with me for this entire broadcast of Come Together San Diego. My listening friend, we are in pivotal times. Don't just take this lackadaisically. Take it as for real, because God is going to be calling on you to do your part. To know your part, you have to get tight with him. Jim Barfield, thank you for joining us. And thank you, my listening friend. We'll see you next week on this broadcast called Come Together San Diego. God bless you, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise.